I keep setting these boundaries and you keep ignoring them. How long are these boundaries going to stay in place? I feel like I'm in jail. Does this sound familiar to you? Well, join Priscilla and me today as we talk about how effective boundaries can put your marriage in a position to flourish. This is Phil and Priscilla Fretwell here with Savage Marriage. We're going to talk about how God is healing and restoring marriages today from betrayal, addictions, and the wounds of their past. And what He did in our marriage, He can do in yours too. There have been times when I have been in a study that I had the opportunity to share our story with mm -hmm. women. And they are actually taken back by our story. And eventually somebody will come up to me and ask me if I have placed boundaries on you. Yeah, because I certainly would look like a guy that needed a bunch of boundaries. You, you, you did. So not and a surprise question. No, it's not. And yep. uh, I usually tell them that we both have boundaries on ourselves. So not now, on each other. So that's probably counterintuitive to them at this point. It is counterintuitive because when we started this journey of healing, humility played a big part in our marriage. It did. And mm -hmm. I'm reminded of that verse that says, clothe yourself with humility one towards another. Yeah. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know, it, it took both of us coming to the feet of Jesus and saying, what is it that we need to do to resolve these issues in our life? And so boundaries came up. It did. And we've seen this term, I think, misused quite a bit uh, with couples we work with. Yes. It's, it's more of a power thing that people want to put boundaries on each other. And it's usually the discussion or the complaint, I should say, from one spouse is I've placed a bunch of boundaries on my husband and he keeps blowing past all these and disregarding them. Right. right? Why doesn't he do what he's supposed to do? And it creates frustration and anxiety. But, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise, right? Because even, even from a spiritual standpoint, we knew that the law, the Old Testament law, created this sense that I want to disregard it. I want to break it. Whenever the law comes in, now sin becomes alive. And after Jesus did his work on the cross. There is no law. Right. That did away with the law. Now we work through grace and mercy and all these other things. And, and that's really what this idea of boundary should engender, that it's a boundary that I come to you and set for myself because out of humility, I see what I need to do. So this is part two of our podcast on control. And we're going to deal with boundaries because this looks like a topic that we need to spend some time on. So today we're going to talk to you about five key principles that we have used in our marriage yeah, for the past so, five and a half years. So what's, what's the first principle? The first principle is you set boundaries on yourself, not on your spouse. Yeah, so this one is counterintuitive to many people as they think here, because certainly this is a boundary I set on somebody else so they don't harm me, right? Right. But, but if we go back and we're walking in humility, mm -hmm. we don't mind setting a boundary on ourselves. That's right. And then you don't feel like you're in jail, right? Because no. you're doing out of this out of humility and out of love. And it also ties into the fruits of the spirit that is self-control and not other control. And that's really where we're trying to drive to on this. Yeah, because when you are other control, you actually feel like you're in a prison and I'm going to I'm going to get out of here. And you call your spouse a tyrant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or other names. Or other names, too. <laughs> but, you know, in doing this, if we're going to set boundaries for ourselves, it's important to know how our behaviors have affected our spouse it and is. how it's made them feel. It's a big impact 
on the family itself, on the wife, the husband, the kids, the behavior and the pain that comes with that behavior puts people in despair almost. So the only reason I'm going to be willing to do that is if I see the pain and the impact of my actions in your life, our kids' lives, our family lives, or something like that. Yeah. It's important to share how these behaviors have affected you, your soul, how it has made you feel. In our situation, that happened a lot, right? You came to me and you talked about this a lot, which really brings us to principle number two, that I should set boundaries so that I will no longer harm my marriage. And that's what happened to us. Whenever I started seeing the impact that my my behaviors were having on our marriage, I said, wow, I cannot continue to create this much pain for Priscilla. You came up to me and you shared what God had impressed you in your heart. Mm -hmm. These are the things that I need to stop. Well, I was, I remember asking you the question, uh, what can I do to help make you feel safe? And here are some things I've thought about right? because I knew I had hurt you, right? Yes. And this couldn't continue on. So I felt obligated to come to you and say, here are some things I've thought about. And I, you know, I took all my social media off my phone because I didn't want to spend so much time on media. You didn't go to spas anymore. You said, I'm not going to a spa. Right. Even a legitimate spa. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't do that any longer. Uh, I did put some filters on my computers and, and phones just so there would be kind of a layer of protection there on the things that were going on. And you did some other things too. And it's interesting because when you did that, it made me realize that you were serious about changing not only changing your behavior, but these things that have harmed our family, you were going to stop. Well, I remember also, you know, I kind of came up with my list of things that I thought were affecting you. But I said, hey, Priscilla, what else can I do to make you feel safe, to make you feel cherished, to make you feel loved? And you gave me some other ideas. This created some challenges for us. And one was you traveling because that caused me to be fearful, you know, kind of almost in a panic. Oh my goodness, he's traveling. You know, what's going to happen? Well, it was a tough one because my job demanded that I do some travel all, all over the place. And, and so what you did is interesting. You didn't come and say, Phil, you can't travel anymore. You, you know, you didn't lay down the law. You just said, this makes me uncomfortable. It makes me fearful. It doesn't make me feel safe. What can you do? And you came up with, I'll get a traveling companion, yeah, a male traveling companion. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I uh, found an, another guy at the office and he started in joining me on the trips I was taking, which right. got rid of some of the alone time and, you know, stuff like that, which was helpful to me. Yeah. And I think it contributed to ma making you feel safe in safe. that area. Yeah. And also uh, the Find My Friend app. You actually said, I will keep that on. I will not turn it off. Yeah, because I had turned it off occasionally because I didn't want you to know where I was. Right. Yeah. So I decided I'd, I'd keep that that on. And then the other one was, I really did not want to go to beaches. It was a mm. triggering effect for me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it made me feel I'm comparing myself to other people. And I don't like being here with all these people with their swimming suits on. And so we hadn't gone to beaches for a long time. So I said, well, okay, we just won't go. And, uh, and that's what, that's what was one of the boundaries that we set on our relationship. So, you know, all these things were designed to make you feel safe. And that became the question, the mantra, the thought, what can I do to make Priscilla feel safe, to make her feel cherished, to make her feel loved? 
And I will willingly submit that boundary to my life. It was a place of humility. It was a place of putting you first and trying to move past the big pain and the big problems that that had happened in our marriage. But, you know, it does bring up the next problem on this is let's say your spouse doesn't do that because you might be listening to this saying, Phil, that's great. Or Priscilla, that's great. Phil came to you and did all these things, right? But what about the spouse who doesn't want to do it? Yeah. yeah. My spouse not humbling themselves is not going to do any of this. Now, what do I do? Well, that really takes us to principle number three. So if your spouse is unwilling to put boundaries on themselves, then you have to put a boundary on yourself that will protect you and your family from the, the feelings and the potential harm that's coming out of your spouse's bad behaviors. The way this works is you have a situation in your home. And so you tell your spouse, when you do X, I'm going to do Z because this is how it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And so it could be in, even in a situation of, hey, you know, when you're yelling at me, I'm not going to respond to you. Mm -hmm. because I don't win in any arguments and our argument just escalates. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I, I'm a nobody. I feel like I'm nothing. Or let's say your behavior you're trying to get rid of is your spouse tells jokes about you and humiliates you in public crowds with your friends and yeah. you're just tired of it. And so you're you, the ongoing joke. You are the butt of the joke right. all the time with your friends, right? And you say, hey, I don't like that. And from now on, when you humiliate me in a group of our friends, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go home because your humiliation makes me feel worthless, like you don't care, like I'm the butt of the joke and everybody is laughing at me and I don't want to live like that anymore. And yeah, that's going to create some, some pain. Some pain and some discomfort for the spouse that's left behind. But, you know, in all honesty, it's painful to tell your the party, why your wife is leaving. She's leaving because I just humiliated her. It's important to differentiate out between pain and harm. Boundaries will create some short-term pain in situations, but they are designed to not harm your marriage, but to help it. And so in that situation that we talked about here, let's say one spouse leaves, the marriage is not harmed. The spouse that has remained has certainly got some pain but it's designed so that the marriage as a whole will flourish moving forward. Which is principle number four is boundaries should help your marriage flourish. Yeah. And so that's really what the goal of all this stuff is, is that these boundaries we put in place. Yeah. Man has some short term pain, but it's designed to position the marriage so that it can flourish going forward. One of those things that really kills a marriage, I think, is a spouse using the word divorce. If you do this, I'm getting a divorce. So it brings up a question, is, is divorce a boundary? No, it's not. It's a killer. It's a killer because it doesn't position the marriage to flourish. It ends the marriage. It gives you a sense of power but it's a false sense of power mm -hmm. because you usually say it in a very uh, emotional state. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and it, it really doesn't do anything for the marriage. Well, that brings us to principle number five is you can't deal with these boundaries in an emotional state. Right. You have to be a, actually a cool head. And I've heard someone say you, you, you have to detach yourself from the situation emotionally. And you also almost have to be a gray 
rock with no emotion mm -hmm. and be able to tell the spouse, this is how you have made me feel in these situations. And I don't want to live like this anymore. So when you do X, this is what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. going to walk away. I'm going to be silent or, Hey, I'm going to take when, when you're doing this behavior, I'm going to take the kids and I will return when I feel safe. Right. Well, it's, um, I think in situations like this, and when we think about these boundaries, they can't be delivered as an ultimatum as part of an argument. Right. Which I, I wish we could somehow figure out how many boundaries come from that. I bet a lot do, right? Yeah. <laughs> when we're trying to control somebody else. It's well, an, it's a desperation. It, yeah, it is. People it's, do it in desperation. I, a, I, this needs to get fixed. How can I do this? Yeah. And, and most of the time, they're delivered, still focused on the other spouse, yeah. right? Like in terms of, let's say, the humiliation thing. If you humiliate me again, I'm going to divorce you. Instead of just saying, when you do this, I'm going to do X. So it, so there's a slight subtlety in the language here, right? It's not saying you need to stop doing that or X. It's just saying, hey, when you do that, this is what I'm doing. You can keep doing it. But when you do it, this is what I'm going to do, right? There's a subtlety there that works differently than saying you have to stop doing all this stuff. And also, it gives you a sense of power. But it's not the power over your spouse. It's the power over you. Right. You will no longer be harmed or have to deal, to deal with this stuff like that. But, you know, in doing this, what it does is it requires you to go back to some of these situations after the argument's over. And people hate doing that, right? Because no, they rather forget and wait till the next blow up. Yeah, because the blow up has still got some pain associated with it, some emotional anxiety and once it's over, you're thinking, thank goodness that is over. But if you're going to reject passivity and pursue a solution, you've got to go back to that situation and say, hey, do you know when we had this blow up yesterday, here's what I've been thinking about. When you do this, this is what I'm going to do because I can't live like that anymore. And you do it in at the moment where your emotions are down, you've got a cool head, and now you aren't, you're trying to pursue almost more logically. I think the solution in this thing. And I was thinking that if you become passive in this, then you almost tolerate and accommodate what is being done in the, in the home. I think that's right. And, and it really is true. We tolerate as much as we can in our marriage until we can't take it anymore. And what we're suggesting is that the toleration, the, the accommodation that you provide of bad behaviors in your marriage are actually enabling the bad behaviors. And we'll hear this sometimes, even uh, sometimes around uh, from wives dealing with porn in yeah. their home, right? Mm -hmm. I knew that he has been using porn for 20 years, but I just accommodated it. It has hurt me, but I've never decided to take a stand on it. And so as a result, by not taking a stand on it, you enabled it. And so that's what we see happening many times in these situations. So for us, boundaries have changed over time. You know, sometimes we think we put boundaries down and they're going to last forever. And I don't believe they do. I think we work through our boundaries. We work through situations in our marriage that are painful or painful, need help. Right, mm -hmm. or need help. And, and we say, okay, we've gone through that. So we don't, it's not going to be something that we have to keep doing. 
So for us, our boundaries have changed from five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, there are things that we have worked through and even like going to the beach. We finally get to go to the beach five and a half years later. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it is, it is always evolving and changing. And even as we walk in this journey of healing, uh, we come up with new boundaries. Yeah, because our behaviors change, our things that we do. I might discover something else or you share with me some other way that I'm offending you. It's not about the past, but it's something about the current. Yeah. And so I need to make a switch in that. But, you know, one thing we do want to bring out is just dealing with a behavior might not get to the root of the problem. And there can be a sense sometimes in this whole topic around boundaries that the whole problem is in the behavior. And there is problems in behaviors, but we always have to look back and say the, our behaviors are really just a fruit of a deeper root in our life. There's something else. And if people are just focused on stopping a behavior without getting to the root, there's always going to be a desire to go back to the behavior. And so what we want to do is try to come up with what is the real root of the problem. So stopping the behavior is an opportunity to go back and drill into what is the root problem in this. For example, you know, I had a big problem with anger. And um, not that I don't get upset at anything, I still do, but my anger would rise. Like it's just a weird feeling that you get in your chest of this anger rising. Everybody and knows that feeling. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so that was a root. Like I had to go find out where the root of this anger was. And, mm-hmm. you know, God, you know, when you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, where does this come from? You know, all things. Mm-hmm. He will show you. Yeah. You know, he is so good about that. And the same thing with your porn. Like, what was the root of all that? Yeah. Yeah. Being able to trace it back to some of the trauma and the stuff that happened in my childhood, it helps deal with the desire versus just the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So, all these things on boundaries, I think, are key parts. They were key parts, I think, of our recovery, Priscilla, and us being able to move forward with some humility and this honesty back and forth with each other, but also to put us in a place where our, where our marriage could do better. It could reconcile and be on really a foundation to flourish. We wanted to present this to you today, not because we've arrived and we're perfect and we got it all these boundaries and Hey, look at us. We look good. No, uh, this is something God has worked in our lives. We have seen how our marriage has flourished in it. Yes, and we think that it can be a key spot in your marriage that will give you hope for the future. This is Phil and Priscilla Fretwell. Thanks for listening. Our book, Savage Marriage, Triumph Over Betrayal and Sexual Addiction, is now available on Amazon. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Savage Marriage Ministries. Also, Join our Savage Marriage community at SavageMarriageMinistries.com. And remember, it's God who is at work in your savage adventure.